Welcome to the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, Louisville. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 204. Today's topic is Bernie's Green New Deal, Part 6. This program is part of WFMP's public affairs educational programming. The views expressed are those of the speaker and not the station. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please email info at theclimatereport.net. If you enjoy this content and would like to find more of the same, you can do so by visiting theclimatereport.net, or you can find me on Facebook at uh, the page called The Climate Report. What we're doing in this series is going through Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal, and we got to a part one that says we're going to transform our energy system to a 100% renewable energy and create 20 million jobs. And we got through paragraphs A and B underneath that, and now we're at C, and it says, When Bernie is president, we will act immediately to address our climate crisis. Together, we will reduce U.S. carbon pollution emissions by 71% and emissions among less industrialized countries by 36% from 2017 levels by 2030, consistent with meeting our fair share of emissions reductions under the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's recommendations. So it's basically saying, you know, we're going to reduce U.S. carbon pollution emissions 71% by 2030. And this is part of what we uh, are committed to under, you know, what is our fair share of emissions reductions under the IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is part of the United Nations. And, you know, it says elsewhere in this Green New Deal that we're committed internationally. We're committed to helping people internationally. And uh, so this gets into the area of foreign aid. So foreign aid is controversial for the wrong reasons. It's controversial because there's this perception that when we help other countries that we're failing to help ourselves. Another reason why it should not be controversial is that foreign aid is... Um, is a very small percent, especially when you look at a small percentage of our economy, small percentage of our federal budget, tiny, tiny fraction of our federal budget. But one reason that it is not controversial but should be is that most foreign aid is military aid. Surprise, surprise, the United States being the vicious empire that it is uh, no big surprise that most of our aid is military aid, which helps people oppress their people. I mean, helps Israel oppress the Palestinians, helps Guatemalans oppress their people, helps Honduras oppress its people. Because So we should have less of a problem or a controversy over the amount of foreign aid, and we should have more controversy over the nature of foreign aid. We should not be giving military aid, period. We should not be selling arms abroad. We should get away from militarism 
because militarism is the opposite of the type of collaboration and cooperation we will need. In order for us to survive and thrive on this planet is going to require an unprecedented amount of collaboration and cooperation, which is just the opposite of the militarism that we exhibit all over the world. We have a militaristic empire. Our empire does not exist to cooperate with anybody. It only exists to dominate others. So we need to get away from the domination that is characteristic of militarism, and we need to get to a place where we cooperate and collaborate, where we have a foreign policy that is based on human rights and international law. If we have a foreign policy based on human rights, then partly what that includes is helping other countries transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Also, if we have a foreign policy that's based on international law and human rights, we will be doing everything we can to transform our economy uh, to a, an economy based in clean renewable energy because other people around the world suffer uh, are already suffering and will suffer because of climate change we can either be part of the problem or part of the solution it is immoral and unconscionable for us at this point to be adding to the problem and when i say us i don't mean you and me i mean uh, the greedy sobs that run the world and they own the world and run the world Okay, so maybe I shouldn't use the word SOB, but we need to develop and cultivate an attitude of contempt for people that are putting the future of the entire planet at stake. We, we wouldn't, uh, you know, what our country and our culture does encourage us to do is to take our official enemies and consider them to be uh, SOBs. Like, you know, in the World War II, the Japanese and the Germans, they're portrayed as, as you know, bad people, which may or may not be accurate. But we need to realize that our real enemy are the people that own and therefore control the world. Now, we're taught that we have freedom because they do not control our every move. They don't control our every move, but they do control the channels in which we run and operate. In other words, they control what markets look like. The local, the market for local restaurants is not controlled by your locality and is not controlled democratically. It is controlled by people who are very rich and just want to siphon money out of your local economy and put it in their own bank accounts so that they can further use it to speculate on Wall Street and also buy the loyalty of your congressman and your senator. So what this paragraph is saying is that we need to be 
into Kauai. We do need foreign aid, but we need the right kind of foreign aid. We need a foreign aid and foreign policy that is rooted in collaboration and cooperation and what's good for people instead of what's good for a few oligarchs. Now we're at paragraph 13 of Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal. And paragraph 13 has paragraphs, subparagraphs A through H. So we're going to go down through A through H, and we're going to talk about each paragraph one by one. Each one of them says, as president, Bernie will... So letter A, Bernie will, as president, Bernie will transform our energy system away from fossil fuels to 100% energy efficiency and sustainable energy by 2030 at the latest. The New Deal provided inexpensive electricity to America through efforts like the Rural Electrification Administration and the Federal Power Marketing Administrations. If the federal government was able to electrify America under FDR without computers or any of the modern technologies we have available to us, think of what we can do today. Municipal and cooperative electric utilities still provide some of the least expensive electricity in the country today as part of the green new as part of the green new deal we will expand on that success so this is hearkening back to the original new deal and says look in I'm sounding like Bernie now look he a lot of times he'll start at his responses look so uh in the green new deal in i mean in the original new deal in the 30s we had these government efforts that did good things for people they expanded electricity into rural areas only a minority of people in america had electricity in the 1930s and uh, you know the small minority of rural people so we had things like the Rural Electrification Administration and the Federal Power Marketing Administration, which provide a precedent. In other words, these are proof that the federal government can do good things and do all of these good things without computers or any of the other modern technologies that are available to us today. So, hey, how about if we use computers and modern technologies that are available to us today and update the electrical system that we have so that we have an electrical system of the future and not an electrical system of the past? Item B. As president, Bernie will build enough renewable energy generation capacity for the nation's growing needs. Currently, four Federal Power Marketing Administrations and the Tennessee Valley Authority generate and transmit power distribution utilities in 33 states. We will create one more PMA, Power Marketing Administration, to cover the remaining states and territories and expand the existing PMAs to build more than enough wind, solar, 
energy storage, and geothermal power plants. We will spend $1.52 trillion on renewable energy and $852 billion to build energy storage capacity. Okay, let's spend money. Yes, let's spend money. Let's spend government money. We need to get used to the idea that spending government money can be and is a good thing. The people who want you to believe otherwise are either ignorant or they're hypocrites. Some of my friends who listen to this show uh criticize me for being too strident, but we need to be strident. We need to be militant. We need to call names when it's appropriate to call names because our future is at stake and we need to stop taking seriously these idiots who want to stand in the way of progress and these cruel, inhumane people who are okay with a system that kills people every single day day and not in small numbers. So what this paragraph is saying, in essence, is that let's have another power marketing association to fill up, to provide, uh, we need a power marketing administration in every state and including the 17 states that do not currently have one. And we'll, we're going to spend $1.52 trillion on renewable energy and $852 billion to build energy storage capacity. That means, you know, upgrading, that means building storage capacity based on the batteries that we have. And it also means upgrading battery technology. The last sentence says, together with an EPA federal renewable energy standard, this will fully drive out non-sustainable general generation sources. Paragraph C, as President Bernie will, uh, says we will end greed in our energy system. Amen to that. Now, why do we have an energy system that is driven by greed? Because we've been propagandized, we've been indoctrinated, we have not been allowed to think clearly about how we get our energy and whether we get our energy in a way that works for all people or whether instead we get our energy in a way that works for a small, greedy minority that has all the power and they need to be removed from power. The renewable energy generated by the Green New Deal will be publicly owned, managed by the Federal Power Marketing Administrations, the Bureau of Reclamation, and the Tennessee Valley Authority, and sold to distribution utilities with a preference for public power districts, municipally and cooperatively owned utilities with democratic public ownership and other existing utilities that demonstrate a commitment to the public interest. So what's going on here is that, like, for example, uh, Louisville has uh, LG&E, Louisville Gas and Electric. It's a for-profit utility, and it exhibits the negative characteristics of for-profit utilities in that it is not doing things in the it, it has a strong tendency to not do things in the public interest. It has a strong tendency to 
you know, lobby for policies that are anti-solar, which is the exact opposite of what we need. It has a strong tendency to not favor, you know, forward-thinking energy policies. And some of us think, including myself, including Bernie Sanders, some of us think that for-profit utilities should be a thing of the past. There is no reason for shareholders to be making a profit off of our energy needs. They need to be, they they shouldn't be making a profit at all. Uh, So a utility can be owned by a for-profit corporation or it can be owned by a something that is democratic like a a cooperative or it's talking about uh, in this paragraph it's talking about public power districts municipally and cooperatively owned utilities with democratic public ownership and other existing utilities that demonstrate a commitment to the public interest in other words if you're not if you, you we might maybe possibly conceivably allow a for-profit uh, utility, but it has to demonstrate a commitment to the public interest. I'm not even sure about that because I think the for-profit company at the end of the day does not have a concern about public interest. It only has a concern about profit, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe there are some organizations that can demonstrate a commitment to the public interest. Continuing to read, the Department of Energy will provide technical assistance to states and municipalities that would like to establish publicly owned distribution utilities or community choice aggregation programs in their communities. Electricity will be sold at current rates to keep the cost of electricity stable during this transition. So what this is all about is just, you know, I mean, the title of the paragraph is, we will end greed in our energy system. When LG&E thinks that their shareholders are entitled to a 10% return on their investment. Well, that's freaking greed. The LG&E shareholders are not entitled to anything. They are entitled to give up their shares and and become a publicly owned utility that is managed and operated by the public in the public interest. Paragraph D. uh, As President... Bernie will build a smart, a modern smart grid. So this is one of the things I talk about on the Climate Report. I frequently refer to maybe five or six or seven things that are needed to convert to renewable energy. One is solar power. One is wind power. One is a state-of-the-art energy grid. One is mass transit. And one is building retrofits. And then the others include organic farming uh, organic food production, uh, n- ecological landscaping, and ecological forestry. Those are, I think, eight things that are main. the main things that are needed in order to convert to a system rooted in clean, renewable energy. So what we have here is one of the items on that list, which is build a modern smart grid. 
So it says here, a smart grid means a resilient, secure, and intelligent electric grid system that is capable of maintaining high levels of renewable energy, charging electric vehicles quickly, and maximizing efficiency. We will spend $526 billion on a modern, high-volt, underground, renewable, direct, current, smart, electric transmission and distribution grid will ensure our transition to 100% sustainable energy is safe and smooth. So we're going to do that energy grid thing because you can't optimize the value of solar and wind power unless you have a grid that is capable of optimizing that. We need an energy grid of the future instead of an energy grid of the past. What we have now is an energy grid of the past that needs to be converted and transformed into an energy grid of the future. Paragraph E, under the things that, as President Bernie will do, uh, weatherize homes and businesses to perform energy efficiency upgrades to make buildings more efficient, more energy efficient, and lower energy build. So we're going to weatherize homes and businesses. Sometimes I call this retrofit, which most people don't know what it means, and I'm not sure I know what it means either, but what it refers to uh, is you know thermostats and insulation and the things that are needed to make homes and businesses energy efficient. So we're going to weatherize homes and businesses to perform energy efficient upgrades to make buildings more efficient, more energy efficient, and lower energy bills. We will provide 2.18 trillion dollars for sliding scale grants for low and moderate income families and small businesses to invest in weatherizing and retrofitting their homes and businesses. Weatherization will reduce residential energy consumption by 30%. Um, because our mobile home stock is leaky and often very old, we will plan to replace all mobile homes with zero-energy modular homes. As we, as we move forward with energy efficiency re efforts, we will prioritize the oldest, leakiest, and least energy efficient homes and the homes of seniors, people with disabilities, and low-income families first. A federal mandate through the Department of Energy will ensure that the new and existing commercial buildings and wealthy homeowners meet our energy retrofit needs. So the thing that comes to mind here is, are we going to have confidence in a democratically control? Are we going to have confidence in a democratic socialist government? We have been taught our entire lives, and I was a conservative most of my life. I was taught conservatism at home, at school, uh, at college. And in the media, you, you just get conservatism 24-7, and that's all you get, and that's all you know, and you learn that government is big and bulky and incompetent, and the government governs best that governs least. Well, that is freaking nonsense. It has never... Uh, it might have been true at one point in time. Probably not, but it's certainly not true today. We need a, a government that is democratically controlled for the benefit of the people. We need to stop 
this nonsense that says uh, that the best we can do is to eliminate government and let private business do everything for us. But private business is always going to overstep it, its bounds. Private businesses is always going to pollute when they can get away with it. Private businesses is always going to exploit labor when they can get away with it. Private business is not concerned about anything but that which makes a profit, and we need to redefine what profit means. We need to rethink what profit means, what profit looks like, and we need to redefine profitable to that which is profitable for the people instead of that which is profitable for a few filthy rich oligarchs who continue to make money and to accumulate wealth at our expense. So as part of that, we can provide for weatherization. We can, we can replace mobile homes with uh, zero energy modular homes. I, I would assume that a zero energy modular home, I don't know what that means. I could look it up, but I'll, I'll look it up. So zero energy modular homes are just, it's a new technology. Often they're, they're typically prefab, prefabricated homes. And it's this whole big thing. So we can do this. It also says here that we're going to prioritize the homes of seniors, people with disabilities, and low-income families first. So for once, we're going to do things according to people's needs instead of people's wallet. The next paragraph says, we will electrify homes and businesses. One of the best ways to ensure that everyone is comfortable in their homes on the hottest days of summer and the coldest days of winter is to bring all non-electric uses of energy onto the electric grid. For example, so many of our homes still use dirty oil, propane, and fracked natural gas for heating and cooling. We plan to provide $964 billion for sliding scale grants for low income and moderate income families and small businesses to invest in cheaper electricity for those needs, for these needs. A federal mandate through the Department of Energy will ensure that all new construction, existing big businesses, commercial buildings, and wealthy homeowners meet our electrification goals. In other words, if you're a big business, a wealthy homeowner, we're not going to uh, subsidize this for you. We're just going to require that you get it done. Too many of our tax benefits and subsidies go to the wealthy, wealthy corporations and wealthy individuals. That needs to change. One thing that is going to happen here, we're going to eliminate fracking. We're going to eliminate the need for fracked natural gas. So when it says we're going to electrify homes and businesses, that eliminates the need for fracked natural gas. And the other thing we need to do to eliminate the need for fracked natural gas is to eliminate single-use plastics and to just shut down these, these facilities, uh, these petrochemical plants that are also a major source for the use of 
fracked natural gas. That just needs to go away. But right here, we're talking about electrifying homes and businesses, providing sliding scale grants for a lot of low and moderate income families to invest in cheaper electricity for these needs. So in essence, we're going to pay you money so that you can save money. We're going to pay you money to do something that down the road is going to save you money. So it's a good thing all around, especially for low and moderate income families. That's about all the time we have. We're going to pick up next time where we left off this time. Any comments, questions, or feedback, please email info at theclimatereport.net. And uh, have a great day.